0: Broadcasting from USA Swimming's headquarters at the Carolyn Dirks Building in Colorado Springs, Colorado, it's time for Kick Set. Join three-time Olympian Elizabeth Beisel and U.S. National Team Director of Performance, Matt Barbini, as they host members from the USA Swimming community, ranging from age group to
1: Olympic levels of the sport.
0: Hi everybody. Welcome to the kick set podcast. My name is Matt Barbini. I am the national team director of performance here at USA swimming and joining me as always this time from the Dominican Republic. It's three time Olympian, Elizabeth Beisel. Basel, how are the waves?
2: Waves. Well, they've been a little sloppy the past couple of days, but this morning was great. So, and I think we're on the up. So no okay. complaints. Hoping the Wi-Fi stays strong throughout the entire podcast. So if I just randomly cut out, don't worry, I'll be back. Yeah, uh, I'll just cut. It, no, it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. It's, <laughs> I really just love to go surfing. Sorry, guys. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah it's like oh, sh- sh- oh, we're breaking up. Oh, um, I just good. lost
2: you guys. Oops. Um, Barbini, how is National Junior Team Camp?
0: Yeah, so we have a um, we have fifty two junior team athletes on campus right now, which is. Um, like actually small compared to what we used to do, but in the like post COVID time, it feels like a million people on Not deck. Sure. We just haven't had a camp really like this size since before COVID. So it's it's like two thirds of the junior team is here. Uh, it's awesome that you kind of forget the energy that that many like younger athletes brings to a pool. And like, it is always funny, like just the, the effort that goes into sort of winning the first repeat of warm up. <laughs> it's really fun. And like, Oh, but for sure. Yeah. I, it, it's yeah. interesting. Uh, but they, they're having a great experience here. Um, we, we kind of try to give them, it's, they're not here long enough to really do a ton of training. So we try to give them like a, an experience of sort of like what being on the national team will be like, what, being on the junior team means what you, um, and then we try to do a bunch of programming around providing them with some resources and skills. So they've done some cooking in the, in the, um, the teaching kitchen here with the USOPC, nutrition staff, they have heard from a whole bunch of experts. So it's a really cool kind of holistic experience, um, that they get over these five days.
2: Is it just pool team or is it open water team as well?
0: Open Water is invited as well, um, so everybody is uh, everybody's allowed, and uh, that segues nicely into uh, you swimming in the ocean and then Open Water being at the Junior Team Camp into our topic uh, for today. Um, our guest is a five-time Open Water national teamer, and... Uh, He's been on the 2019-2022 to Open Water World Championships, swam the the mighty 25K back in 2019, Um, a a light six-hour splash around, Um, and he is Brennan Gravely of the Florida Gators. So welcome, Breno. We are going to talk all things open water today, but uh, first of all, thanks for being here and uh, stoked to get to talk to you.
1: Yeah. Thank you guys so much for having me. It's Cool that we get to cover this aspect of the sport and always a pleasure talking to you both. So,
0: so the timing and and part of why we wanted to talk to you now is we're just a couple weeks out from open water nationals, which, um, if people don't know in an Olympic, in a pre-Olympic year is one of the biggest, um, events that we have because the open water calendar has accelerated quite a bit, um, in terms of Olympic qualification compared to the pool. And so this open water nationals leading into this world's is is a piece of how our open water athletes qualify for the Olympics. So how do you Breno view this year's open water nationals? And then subsequently, if everything goes well, the world championships that
1: follow. Right. I think it's super impactful. And I've always kind of viewed our structure as a bit of a stepping stone process, um, because of the nature of the field, um, with the Olympics, it's quite small and countries have minimal representation, um, with how many different countries it's not just one finals heat, um, And you want everyone to participate. So our process in the sense that we go from taking our best athletes from open water nationals to worlds, and then using world championships as a kind of qualification process. I think it's a little different, but I think it produces a more competitive field um, and allows us to be more applicable in that sense. Um, Because the Europeans, they just come on really strong with open water. And that's, I think, always something that we've been trying to manage on our end. Um, They have a lot of tours over there and stuff. So I think they get a little bit more feel for it. They have a bit of an older generation that does it as well, more of a pro group that kind of supports it. So I think we do a good job, especially with our junior team, of trying to bring up that that younger generation of athletes, kind of see it, put it in a place that's more applicable to them, try to get them out there to do it and have those opportunities. So I think it all builds up really well. But this year is, is really impactful because, you know, it allows us to go. This competition will allow us to go to Fukuoka, and honestly, from there, it kind of allows us to potentially build into Doha in January. And those two meets are, are big opportunities to make that Olympic field for the 10K. So all big stuff ahead.
2: Yeah, you talk about the Europeans and how strong they are. What is it like racing people like Gregorio Paltronieri and Florian Velbrock? Is Is there more pressure to perform knowing that Europe is so strong when you get to a place like World Championships or Doha?
1: I think for, for my personal experience, there's a lot going on because I'm I'm a bit of a geek. I'm a nerd. So, you know, I, I know all these guys. I'm familiar with their stuff. I grew up watching them. Um, I think uh, given our history and the guys that I came up behind, you know, when I was younger watching Open Water, we had guys like, you know, Sean Ryan and Jordan Wilmowski that went to Worlds and, you know, placed one and four against all those big European guys and guys that didn't get to race too often. And in following in that, I always tried to do my best to emulate that kind of performance. I mean, we're definitely not in that state yet with winning a world championship, but you know, I think the field has changed a lot in the sense that now all almost all of the best milers from worlds are doing the 10 K and it has completely changed the way the race is conducted in a sense that it's more almost of a time trial and who can keep up with guys like Florian and Greg. Um, and I think a lot of us guys embrace that. And there's a lot of strong aerobic swimmers on the American side that can and deal with that and manage that but I relish in that opportunity because um, I look up to a lot of those guys and they're incredibly strong swimmers and I know what they're capable of in the pool. So to be able to contest with them in open water is really special. I remember when, when Greg, uh, Mario and Domenico came to our open water nationals in 2019 in Miami and they just smoked all of us. Cause we, we weren't ready for the way they were going to swim it. I mean, Greg had beaten Jordan by like two and a half minutes or something ridiculous, you know, and at the time Jordan's like, God, in us because no one could touch them for a while so they definitely have brought a different kind of experience and the european age which is like some of those guys are like 28 to 32 like a lot of stuff that you really just don't see out here they just swim longer through into their career and support that pro aspect a little more on their end individually each of them um it definitely changes the scope so they're almost two completely different races when you go to a world championship
0: yeah, you, you touched on something I wanted to ask about, which was the race experience. So it, it is such a unique event. You swim for about two hours. Um, there is really just you're just going buoy to buoy. It is not obviously not a, a lined course or anything. It is, there's definitely more strategy and more um variables that come up during a race. So to have somebody like Pauchaneri come to open water nationals and just take off like a shot. I was on a boat for that race watching him just pull away from the field. Um It seems like from observing it and talking to you guys that race experience is just critical in this, even probably more so than the pool. Is that something that, I mean, you've raced a lot around the world. Do you feel like having experience racing these guys is is critical to hopefully beating them?
1: Absolutely. I think, and looking back at the, my first open water world cup in Hong Kong in 2017, I wasn't that much slower in the pool. Um, to be fair, I haven't gotten proportionally that much quicker to the rate that I think I've improved in open water. And I think a lot of that comes from the way you have to approach an open water swim. Um, it's really about conserving as long as possible and swimming fast with as minimal effort. And I think that's a real learning curve coming into open water for the first time as a pool swimmer. Cause there are plenty of guys that have tons of speed that come in and do it, but they're over aggressive and they don't know how to manage energy and a, a two hour race with no walls is it's not exactly a walk in the park, you know? So there's a huge loss of momentum for guys that are dependent on walls and things like that. So um, I think the experience is more impactful than anything. I think there's only so much you can do in the pool. We've had plenty of studs that rip in the pool and they still sometimes struggle with open water because it's more of getting that experience, learning how to manage your energy, and especially emotional energy. I think a lot of guys get pretty like amped up during the race, stressed out. Um, it's a very relaxing experience if you do it right. I think I've learned that a lot from our older people that came from the past. Like, I learned a lot about that from Haley. She used to really conserve really well, Haley Anderson. And she kind of showed us how you could conserve more and stay relaxed emotionally, kind of build the race. And I think that's something that takes maybe half dozen to a dozen swims to kind of figure out.
2: When you're heading into a race and how often are you catering your race plan to who you're racing against? Like Greg, who can take it out that fast? Are you then like, okay, I'm going to take it out fast too? Are you still trying to conserve that energy? Kind of like what you were just talking about with Haley being like, no, 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 I can do my own thing. Or are you like, wow, I need to be with Greg in order to try to win and beat him.
1: Yeah. Great question. I think uh, anytime we're doing a world cup or any of those bigger stops where some of the best guys are showing up, um i'm just learning more and more that with how fast it's becoming up front i really have to be on my toes um I, it's something i stro- still struggle with is diving in and ripping like some of these guys do um you know greg is a guy that can probably casually hold like around double o pace and we've got some hungarian guys that can do the same thing and for for a lot of the guys in that field that's that's something they can't do for an 800 so it's really important to be aware in that men's field now because it be, is becoming a battle of milers that can casually hold paces that are really difficult for the general pool swimmer and especially open water swimmer. Um and the American race is a little different. It's always been a bit of a thinner field. I think it's a little bit more relaxed. Um I kind of just a lot of times we'll just manage and kind of like think on the fly, but you can generally count on a an, a 10K now um, in a European field or in a world championship field, just being fast the whole time. Um the lead pack for the race in Budapest was down to like 12 at like the halfway point and it's like a 70 person field and we are all like single file so it's literally just become who can stay with the studs um and it's changed the race in that respect it's harder it's probably not as fun and intense for 80 percent of the guys but it's definitely brought the best out of our athletes
0: Does the venue impact your strategy at all? So, you know, last year's Open water nationals was in some fairly rough conditions. This year's will be in much smoother water, presumably because it's in a lake. Um, what does the sort of the like texture of the water? Does the, the current, does the, um, the presence of waves or lack of waves impact how you approach a race or is your strategy basically the same regardless?
1: I'd say it's definitely something that I try to look at during the race. I think generally my stroke is pretty similar, um, whether there's waves or not. I think I'm still probably better with conservation in a flatter environment. I think it just takes a lot out of me personally. I'm not someone who's, uh, much of a thrasher and swims really aggressively. I'm kind of more on the smoother end. So waves can take a lot out of me. Um, my brother, my little brother, Dylan is the opposite. He really loves swimming in wavy conditions. And he thrives off that challenge. Um, So I I just try to um, kind of uh, manage the field and see how things like that will work in a much like flatter environment. The pack really stays together a lot easier. There's much more sense of a draft um, within the field and there's much more visibility. You can see guys when they're trying to make a break and stuff like that versus when we're swimming in the ocean. We got like maybe like two foot swells. And it's really easy to lose draft, um, really easy to lose sight of the guys in front of you, and really hard to conserve energy when you're just battling the environment, nonetheless, the people around you.
2: When you're talking about energy, especially throughout a 5, 10, 25K, any open water race, you obviously have to feed. Can you talk about what goes into your feeds and whether you're going to take one or you're not you know like what does that decision making process look like especially in the heat of the moment when you're literally in the race and having to make these split second decisions
1: yeah i think my feeding process has changed a lot um since i started um this might be kind of funny when i when i first started doing open water uh it was like 16 17 i didn't know a lot about what to put in a feed Um, generally a lot of guys will put like a carbohydrate source of some sort, like a super Gatorade, like you can Vitargo. And that's the kind of stuff I'll do now. Just something really simple. Um, mostly water-based just to kind of help keep my levels the same. But, you know, I didn't know what I was doing when I was like 16. So I was like, I'm going to put pre-workout in every feed. And I remember we had a race in Tempe in 2018 and I had made eight feeds and I took, I I think, no, I made six feeds because there's six laps. And I ended up taking five and there's a scoop of pre-workout in each of those. Plus, plus I was crushing caffeine pills in every other one of those. So we ended up figuring out that I had ingested like close to 2000 milligrams of caffeine, which is like not good. And for a long time, I I was like, open water is so hard because I would finish these races and I would just, I would just go completely sick. All I wanted to do was take a nap, but I was like, so awake, so alert. I was like, I can't do this. Like, I don't like open water. And then at some point, I don't know what happened. Like, I'm not an idiot, but I just put it together. I was like, maybe, maybe this is why like this, it's not that hard. Maybe this is why, cause I've done two hour practices. So that was, that was a big learning curve. And when I got that out of the way, I started having a lot better races because I was, I was actually just like dying from the caffeine overdose, which is like, I'm drinking like 20 cups of coffee in like a two hour span. So now I just do like, dude, I just do like a scoop of Itargo, maybe, which is just like 40, 50 grams of carbs and maybe a caffeine pill. Like I'm so sensitive to coffee now because of those years, like I struggle with coffee from those moments. So that's a bit of a learning curve. Don't, don't take pre-workout every 20 minutes.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that, yeah, that is amazing because you, you know, you've been in our national team system now for so long and have had access to sort of the like some of the planning and nutrition resources that we have. And it's like the idea of feeding five times in a race, even alone, is just crazy. I mean, you're down to what now one or two probably.
1: Yeah. I mean, last year I didn't feed once and at our nationals. Um, And sometimes we'll just take one before just to kind of get the fuel up. But um, I think it really depends on the status of the race. Sometimes I want to take a feed just so I can have five seconds to not be swimming. Like just so I can flip on my back and be like, oh my God, this pace is insane. It's good to see Matt's face or see Bryce's face for just five seconds. And then I got to go catch these Italians. Like sometimes it's like that, that I need that feed. So I think it just kind of depends on sometimes even just my mental state. I just need a little quick break and the fuel definitely does help, of course.
0: Um, Let's jump. I want to talk about kind of open water in general. So you've been kind of, In this world for a long time now. And you, you kind of came in, like you said, I was, I went, I was with you guys on that first trip in Hong Kong in 2017. Um, and you were there with like the vets, like Mm. Haley, Ashley, Erica, Jordan. Um, and obviously you grew up training with Erica to begin with. Um, so how do you you know you your role in our national team has obviously changed now you you kind of are the vet or one of the right. vets. Um, right. So how do you how do you see like open water has changed in the US? How do you um, just like generally look at this this element of the sport
1: Yeah, I think I think that was something that I really took for granted coming into the sport. Um, I think it's really special still in this day and age to swim after college. I think it's a difficult thing to do financially, physically, you know, mentally. And we had, you know, Haley and Ashley, and I believe I just saw Ashley swim again, but Haley and Ashley swam like almost into their thirties and Jordan swam really long. And Brendan Casey swam a little bit after college. And we just had a, a big group of guys that were committed to the sport and had numerous amounts of experiences. I mean, guys that had like eight or nine times more world cup experiences than us that I still do have um and that was really special because it kind of acted as a guide and on all those first trips we took whether it was like French nationals or Budapest um or Korea my bad um and Guangzhou, it was just such like a load off my back to know like I've got a world champion next to me that knows what I'm doing because you, you come into that kind of environment with so many like big studs and like, even our team still had a low age average I mean like a lot of like the German and European and French teams are like 25 to 30, like grown men, grown men, you know, like, and we're just boys out there. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm a kid. I'm a, a total kid, like buck 45. So having like those guys was a huge guy and it, it was really special to have that in front of me. I think I learned a lot from them in terms of just being able to be calm and really just enjoy it. I think in general, the community of open water and the people we have is just across the world. is really relaxed. Um, good people, you know, like respect each other. You know, the first thing we do after every race is, you know, dap each other up no matter how far, like hard we fought, how much we hit each other, you know? So I think now that I'm in a position where, you know, I kind of feel like I'm one of the older guys, Crazy to think, you know, I'm only 22. Um, I just try to interact with everyone at the meet at nationals a lot. I try to talk to a lot of the younger guys. Um, it's not hard to do when you're Sandpiper because you take up half the people that are entered at the meet. Um, you know, Ron over there—he's running the world right now. So I wish I came up five years later, so I could have been one of those guys. But um, <laughs> you know, I think I think trying to just keep in touch with a lot of those younger guys, and um, you know, things like this, like talking about open water, makes a huge difference in getting people into it, because um, it, it's a niche thing and it requires a lot of travel and just hosting the event is difficult. So anytime I get uh, to be at a U.S. event, I just try to get to know some of the younger guys and really impact and try to build somewhat of a community. Cause that's what I felt I had. Um, it felt like I was never going to have like any, uh, like uh, absence of leaders in front of me because of how strong and how present those guys had been Jordan, Haley, Ashley, all those guys, Chip Peterson. So that was always special. And if I can maybe emulate that in any kind of way, that would be outstanding. So. Out.
2: I have, a two-part question first part is how long do you want to keep swimming open water i mean you say you're like a, a veteran at 22 which is wild to me like you're so young but then second part is what would you say to somebody that was contemplating getting into open water and how would you kind of convince them to maybe not leave pool swimming but at least explore open water
1: swimming yeah, I think I think a lot of our men's US field. I'll I'll kind of start with that question. Is really young. I mean, we've got a lot. I think I might be I might be the oldest guy myself or Michael Brenniger. and that's ridiculous. Yeah. Like um, Americans, distance swimming on the men's side is really young in general. But um, I think one of the things we do really well is the opportunities we provide for the size of our national team and the size of our junior team. Um, there's a lot of spots available. Um, I mean, my first open water national 10K in Lake Estate in California, yeah, I was like 27. And, and then someone's telling me, oh, I made a junior team, I'm going to Hong Kong because of the age of the guys that were just in that field and the way I placed. And that's so special. Um, I, I can care less if I'm doing the 50 free or the 10K. To go to a World Cup, to travel abroad, um, that's a really special thing. And the fact that we have that support from our federation is huge. A, a lot of countries and a lot of the kids that I've met talk about you know the, the work they have to do just to have the opportunity and the and the coin they have to put down and I think the way we support um, our youth through that is special so I try to always just let kids know just just like put your foot in the water just give it a shot I mean we got a couple of girls on my team that I practically am forcing to do it because there's such studs at distance swimming I'm like just try like this it's gonna be a flat venue it's gonna be glass out there it's gonna be tough you know but the the worst thing you can do is go out there and try. Um, and I think, you know, we, we try to build up a lot of opportunities. I think we've had a lot of like nationals and little cups in America in the last few years, especially through COVID. Um, so I think just, just expressing those opportunities in terms of travel and getting on little teams and stuff, especially for our 18 and unders that that's a big opportunity. And that's probably where I would start. Um, and when it comes to continuing, I couldn't tell you, um, I really like coaching. I really want to do coaching. Um, I really like Gainesville, but um, I don't know. I I mean, I'll probably, I'm, I'm going to swim through 24. um, And then just kind of go from there. Like, you know, I'm a sandpiper, you know, I've been grinding for a long time, long time. So, you know, I've got probably like five extra years under my belt, like theoretically of training you know, I, I had 12 practices a week for like two years. So we'll see. We'll see how long I keep going. I love it. I love what I do. Um, but I also am excited for whatever careers in front of me in the next chapter of my life. So I'm just going to try to take it, you know, one meet, one step at a time. I still got to solidify my place, of course, at Open Water Nationals if I want to keep going. Um, that stuff is never set in stone. There's always studs coming up. So I have to keep proving myself constantly and that's part of the amazing thing about swimming for usa is there's constantly going to be kids that are coming up want to be you want to kick your butt want to take your spot and that's what keeps us great um if i'm that guy still maybe i keep going you know maybe i don't i kind of try to take it one day at a time and that's probably what i'll do
0: So going back to the beginning, you mentioned the sandpipers and open water is seems like it's almost an assumption with that group. And like you said, they, they do seem to take up about half of open water nationals and, um, they do. They they sort of rightly identified that there's just tons of opportunity to qualify for teams because the number of people that participate is just a little bit lower. So if you kind of have the ability and the training volume, um, you there are opportunities to make junior teams to make international competition teams. I do want to ask though, did you want to get into open water while you were training there, or was this something that Ron was just like, hey man, you, this is what we do, so we'll see you at the lake?
1: Right. No, I think I think uh, as a as a kid. You know, when I joined Ron's group, I think I was fourteen, going on fifteen. I was just so eager um, to just like put my foot in the door and get every opportunity. I was I was growing a lot too, so I was dropping like every other me, like a lot of those guys do. Um, And I just wanted to like have one opportunity to go. I remember one year I missed, I missed the five k cut for Open Water Nationals in Fort Myers. No, not Fort Myers. Oh my gosh, Miramar, where you guys had it in twenty sixteen. I missed that cut by a 10th and I was like distraught in the mile. Um, I, I just wanted a, a piece of it. Um, and I ended up, I ended up getting there and, and Ron always put the meat in front of us. He always allowed us to go if, if guys had the cut and almost everyone that had the cut would go. Um, I think one thing that Ron and all of Sandpipers Piper's and all the coaches have been through there, my dad, Chris, Ken Ross, all those guys that were through there is that he always set it up. So we had opportunities I think like any any money or anything that came through the door, he would put it back into the program and we would always see Open Water Nationals. We would always see the Pro Series. I'm 15 years old going to Pro Series with like 12 kids my age on my team. No other team's doing that. So it was like he, he set it up so we could become the kind of kids that I'm 18 and I've been to Open Water Nationals four times where a lot of those kids are just putting their foot in the door. And I think that's also a thing about Sandpipers that people are seeing a lot right now is – He always took us to the bigger meets. He always showed us what the big dogs are looking like and let us see what it was. When I was a freshman in high school, by the time I'm 17, 18, I want to have that opportunity. I'm starting to get close to being on that national team, junior team, whatever. Um, And that's a huge factor that I think has um, kind of had a cumulative effect in our growth and why we can put so many studs at, at pro series and whatever now Um, because it's kind of created some momentum within the program and it almost feels like a protein the way they show up so it's really special to just have been a part of that growth and he always gave me the chance to do it and I always took it so
2: that's such like invaluable experience especially as a younger athlete being able to feel like okay maybe I don't belong as a 14 year old but by the time you're 17 you're like yeah I've been here this is nothing like in a warm-up lane with Jordan Wilmowski, no problem. Like it's it's amazing to see what Ron has done for the entire program. And and speaking of Ron, and you swim with Nesty now at Florida. You've done some gnarly training. I would love to hear one of your hardest Ron sets and mm. one of your hardest Nesty sets.
1: Yeah. Wow. That's great. You know. Uh, let's see. There's don't scare there. anybody man
2: i know he's like yeah. no. <laughs>
1: do and, i go all in or not yeah yeah let's be a gator hold, you know? don't hold but,
0: back
2: yeah
1: yeah right wow. um i mean we i i think one one set that i remember that really like kicked my butt when i was a freshman uh with ron so i'm like 14 15 i can throw my arms for six hours but um we did jeez 40 i think 4300s on a saturday morning or maybe it, may, it might have been the day after thanksgiving we used to do that a lot we would eat on thanksgiving and they come in morning after like 12k but i think we did 4300s one white one pink one red which is like heart rate 24 heart rate 26 heart rate 28 um all on like 320 not not a crazy yards interval but when you're 14 and someone puts 12k in front of you i remember that being like i was like well like that's like that's like two practices combined. Um, so I remember that being really intense. Um, one year we went to Coronado for a camp. There's that pool down there, that outdoor pool. That's sweet. I never yeah. remember that. We did, he took the lane lines out. We used to do this. We used to do crazy stuff. We took all the lane lines out, like made it like five lanes wide. So like took out like five lanes and then he had, had a bunch of us suit up in our open water suits. And I think it was like, Oh, it was outrageous. It was like a hundred fast. And then like two, six hundreds, 10 times. It was like descend one to one to 10. And, and that day specifically, that was our second practice of the day. It was from, it was from 11 to one because we had five to seven in the morning. It was like five rounds of four ones and a four for time. And then at five to seven at night, this is our third practice. We did, I think it was like 13 rounds of a hundred IM fast and a 300 kick fast. And that was the main set that day. That was just a huge day. I remember being like over, almost like over 30 K I think. So that, that's some of the stuff I remember from Ron and I, I really enjoyed that stuff. I, I like welcomed the challenge. I mean, we had no choice. Like we were just kids. We were going to do it anyway, but let me see some of the, I've done some really fun stuff with Anthony. Um, a lot of just like really tough, I think freestyle sets. We really get that interval down. I mean, nothing like what he used to do back in the day. Um, those 80s guys were studs, but oh man, I, I did this set. I actually sent it to uh, like an open water Instagram because they wanted to post it. But I think it was something like it was long course and I was a freshman. And it was one of the first months I was here. And it was three nine hundreds, first one's pull next to our swim, descend one to three on 1020. So it's like 108, long course. And then two more 900s, descend one to two, and an 1800, both of those were on the same interval. So like 1020 and then 1800s on like 2040. And then shoot, it was three more 900s, better descend one to three, and then a 2700 on 30 minutes, which is 106. And that was in a brief. Um and that was one of the best sets I've had cuz I couldn't believe I made it cuz that set's 9900 and
2: 106 uh, pace at the end.
1: Of well, course was, yeah, that was tough. Yeah, that's nuts. Yeah, that was tough.
2: Were you guys Chip? outside for
1: that? We were outside. I was in that end lane. I was in that end lane. They didn't want the end lane. I wanted it. Bobby got the fourth lane but he died. He didn't even make it. <laughs> oh man. <Shot laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh, damn,
0: kidding. Bobby
1: <laughs> Bobby kicks my butt in 99 percent of the time but i'll hold that one too but, <laughs> but um that was a really fun one we do a lot of good i am stuff i mean just you know plenty of four IMs. So i think that's what we're more known for too just that i am tradition um but i mean when it, i've done some insane open water stuff because he really likes that that bit of like uh you know let's like let's push it open water training like really long swims i mean tomorrow i have just straight up 10k for time no stopping like in, in, the, a,
0: in the pool or in, yeah. in, a, or in the pool? Yeah.
1: yeah, and we've done uh, – one time he had me do um, three-hour swims, or I think it was three 5Ks, descending pace with each, so that one was tough. That was a 15K. But um, I think what really I've just gained from both of those programs is it's a little bit less of insane training, like insane sets, and just a constant, constant grind. The competitive environment that I had with both, especially here, it's you can't have a bad day here. Like if you want to win practice and if you want to feel good, you need to be constantly on it. Um, every practice of the week has purpose. I mean, our power practices. I had a power practice yesterday that was 8,500. <laughs> How powerful am I getting? You know? <laughs> Tell me. <laughs> I, I, I love him. And he but he knows he knows all the all the coaches, all those guys know how I feel about that kind of stuff. I get I get all fired up when we're doing stuff like that. But are you guys know, hitting
2: think, powers for power?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, but what dude? Yesterday I did 3,100s on buckets.
0: Oof. Oh. I mean
1: no, I, no he, he knows how I feel. I, I love coaching essay. I love well, I mean, I'm trying to know what kind of energy system I'm hitting there. Power wise. I mean, what kind of power are we gaining? That three K power? you know no i i I love it though you know that's why i came here I, i i love i love the work we do um it's the stuff that gets me out of bed in the morning but yeah it's just like it's a constant grind i think that's the thing that separates us and that's what allows us to like sometimes look so tough in the middle of the season and really taper off better than a lot of teams um long course and short course with our college group so yeah
0: I think such a big thing of what you're touching on there is there's very little, like, just go do a 5k and float it back and forth. Like there's a speed component of all of this. And that is such, I think if there's one misconception of open water is that it's just sort of like, not, not necessarily fast. It's more just like endurance. And that has changed so much in the last couple of years. So this training you're describing is sounds like it's targeted at the distance, but also being able to descend that effort and be able to accelerate at points of the race when you need to, like, it sounds like it's really targeted towards racing, not finishing.
1: Totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. There's, there's very minimal, slow swimming. Um, and when you're in groups with these kind of guys, you don't want to swim slow because it doesn't make you feel too good about yourself. Um, especially when you, you know, you tacking Katie Ledecky, not for all the open water sets, but you you bring her around and it's chaos on deck the way we're moving, recovery practices look better than a lot of aerobic practices around this country. So, um, it it gets intense. It gets, it gets real fast for no reason, no reason at all.
0: She doesn't, she doesn't know how to go slow.
1: (laughs) I I, I don't want to, I don't want to get after here, but I mean, yeah, she's, she's got great instincts. She's, she's an even better racer than I I could have ever imagined. Mm -hmm. Um, She's a, she's more of a, a stud in practice too. Like I'd say she out trains for races. That's the thing that I don't think people get is, like, I couldn't even fathom that. Like, some of the stuff I've seen her do in practice, Bobby, Kieran, and I have never done. Yeah. And probably will never do. I don't know if there's a guy that has done some of the stuff she's done in practice. So that's a whole nother tangent. But she rocks. Everybody knows that. I don't have to say that. So.
2: She is amazing. Um I do you have an example for what she's done. Because I... I have this one practice that I did in Colorado Springs with her at altitude. I think it was 31s red. So I think the interval wasn't hard. 130, maybe. Um, she was double O's one the entire time, like second day at altitude. I'm coming in hot at like 108. So <laughs>
0: barely <laughs>
2: barely yeah. yeah. is
1: pretty good. <laughs> you know,
2: yeah. Yeah. Of like what she's done in Gainesville that you guys are like, what just happened
1: sets like that when she's on i mean oh my god i remember last year before open water Nats, or maybe it was before world trials her and i did 30 five on one off on 130 just casual 58s casual she's dragging her legs like she's coming to the wall we're talking i'm talking to her i'm like like yeah this is so easy <laughs> she's, actually chilling. she's 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 leaving late i mean Dude, the one of the first months she was here at the end of like an 8k practice, Nessie told her to do a 500 long course to send by 100s. And he told her to go under 510 and she did. She went out 1028 and went 510. She's holding 30s in a brief at the end of a at the end of a long course practice. I can't do that. I haven't seen Bobby do that since I've been here. I have I mean, Kieran could probably do it. Cause he's got that speed, but dude, it's just like, and she, she'll have, sometimes she'll have a practice where she, you know, kind of falls flat a little bit and she'll come in the morning right back on her toes. Like you never even miss her. I mean, I've, there've been days she'll go literally dude, like three Oh five short course in the morning, working hard. And that night she feels good. She's going three Oh five long course, not trying. I'm like, I, I got to go. I got to get out of here. I don't know what to do with myself. I got to switch lanes. I got to go behind her. I don't want to see her. I'm putting on mirrored goggles. I'm looking the other way. <laughs> like, oh, it's like whenever she pushes off the wall, what is wrong with this, this woman? <laughs> and I think that's been the consensus with her for like the last decade. And from all the stories I've heard and read, being a nerd myself, you know, it's like, dude, she is such a stud and she'll never ever like brag about it ever act like she did she just she just is she's just as humble as they come and as insane in training as they come so
0: man that dude you're so right that like the the number of we could just turn this into a ridiculous things i've seen katie ledecky do podcast for and talk for hours but the one that that i remember that has a really tight open water connection is from the uh 2016 camp in atlanta uh, before we headed to rio she did a set with jordan and it was fifties and it was not supposed to be like, go for it. It wasn't supposed to be like crazy, but you remember training with Jordan Breno, he could train like that, yeah. that, that dude was really, really good in practice. Didn't really get tired and always had something for the, the efforts at the end. Yeah. And of course the two of them, like crazy competitive and amazing trainers go off script, like almost immediately. They're going way too fast. Like they're not supposed to be going this fast and Jordan could not shake her. And he was going to his feet on these fifties and they were supposed to be like pink and he'd go to his feet and he'd have her by like a 10th. Or two tenths. And like they keep the effort is obviously getting higher and higher. And we're all kind of watching this like, this is supposed to be pink. That is not pink. Like it's just going way too long. They're on. coming in at like and,
2: 26. Yeah. Like, wow. And like long
0: they're, they're under 30s on all of these long course. And it's like, this is just like, they're, but nobody was going to stop it. It was this amazing yeah. thing to watch. But yeah, she's been, she's been pressing guys to places they don't want to go for a long time. <laughs>
1: Workouts. The thing, the thing I've learned about her too is when she's on like that, 90 percent of the time it's not even like by design she's like she's like not forcing it like i mean she's racing but like she just came in feeling good meanwhile like me jordan bobby we're like all we're thinking about is how do i get rid of this girl <laughs> yeah <laughs> I'm, I'm hitting five kicks off the wall i'm smoking her underwater she's swimming me down into 25 like uh-huh. i'm going to kick into the flip like it's it's and she's not even breathing you know mouth closed, nose breathing <laughs> yeah.
2: just another day she's oh, chilling gosh. so
1: it, that's that's really special to see because i mean she whatever it is if anyone's ever had it she has it in training yeah. and her race it's awesome
2: i would love to see her do some open water and dabble in that she, maybe that'll later yeah, on in her she's
1: day. so like I, she think, do it. I think people forever have tried to get her to do it we talked about it just the other day she's like she's like yeah like it's just like it's just not it's just not her style I don't think it's what she digs. Um, I don't know know know. if there's a specific reason. I mean, I think she's probably got a lot on her plate already. Um, And I think she's probably in a place where I think she just really likes what she's doing. She's been in a great rhythm. I mean, I think people have been trying to get her to do it forever because we all know she would crush it. But Yeah. Oh, Oh, for sure. Yep. Yep. That's on. All right.
0: Yeah. All right, man. We're going to move on to our little – what we call social kick. These are questions that come in from uh, people that listen or uh, write in on Instagram. Um, So these are user generated. We got a couple of uh, special guests making an appearance in this list as well. Um, First one um, is from Elise G. What's the hardest part about swimming for
1: you? Wow. I would probably say saying goodbye to people that retire or leave. Cause I, I would argue the best part for me is the relationships that I get to build the social aspect. So when friends of mine retire or people I looked up to retire, I enjoy the sport mostly as a whole. And even the difficult parts I enjoy the challenging parts, I think it's all something to gain, but you can't, you can't make up those relationships. And when people move on, you just miss that. Yeah.
0: Um, all right. From Natalie, a, what made you start swimming? How'd you get into the sport?
1: wasn't up to me when I was four I think I was in kindergarten my dad took me to the pool and he's like you can try out if you want but either way like you're going to exercise swimming every now and then but you can try out for the team and I think the first time I went you know we signed up we paid for the, the application I put my foot in I left it was too cold <laughs> but we came back. We came back another day, and I I, I did the twenty fives or whatever. And then I was I was too young to even remember really like why I wanted to do it and why I stuck with it. But I do remember that moment. Um, but yeah, it's kind of ingrained in me because I did it at such a young age. So
0: yeah. All right, these last three are all from uh, from notables oh, yeah. um, from the entire Sandpipers of Nevada. Oh no! When is the next mixtape
1: dropping? Stop.
0: (laughs) (laughs) TJ Breno.
1: (laughs) Yeah. You know, for anyone who doesn't know, I have made in the past, I think in high school and during my gap year, I made rap music and produced rap music. And I haven't in a long time, but every time I get around USA crew and upline Crew, they're asking me to make more. So I think, I don't know. It's been a while. It's been almost a quad. So maybe I should the mic's right here in my closet, so maybe one of these days I'll, I'll crack something out. Maybe just a song or two, but yeah, the sandpipers always got my back. They always know my my deepest, silliest stuff. So
2: you got to give the people what they want, Breno.
1: We want a new mixtape, all right? Yeah, right? You know, if that's what gets me some traction and I can sell myself, I'll do it. There I'll you go. It, man.
0: These sandpipers are all looking at doing a 10K or a 5K in two weeks. They got to have a good song in their head for oh, yeah, maybe. swimming that whole time in Sarasota. <laughs> I got you.
1: Some kind of theme.
0: All right. Um, this is from Paige K. Not going to be a huge mystery of who this is. Yeah. Um, how does one acquire the skills to be as cool as Brennan Gravely?
1: <laughs> you know, Paige is awesome. Yeah. is awesome. You know, herself and a lot of like, the girls and the guys that I grew up older than um, just by a couple of years were always so good to me. They always like had nice things to say, always kind of really asked for advice. They were just always so respectful. Um, I don't know. I mean, my older brother swam for Sam Piper's. He was six years older than me. My father was a coach for 15 years ish, maybe less. And my brother was on the team. So I think, I don't know, our family just had a little bit of a culture and just so so a lot of the younger kids respected us a lot. I'm just a regular dude. I bleach my hair because I'm weird. (laughs) Really? You know, Uh, I'm nothing special. uh, (laughs) Right? You know, they're they're just really sweet people. Paige is a really sweet girl. All those girls on Sandpipers are just better people than they are swimmers. And that's what made them be so nice. And it was what made it so great about being a Sandpiper. So. Nice.
0: Yeah. Anybody that's listening to this on a podcast uh, platform, you got to come check out the YouTube and see the see the bleach <laughs> it's a solid yeah. job all right last one from dylan g of course how of course how does it feel to have the most attractive and wonderful brother in the world
1: you know it's <laughs> it's really an honor you know you know i hate i hate to break you dylan but i'm ha- i have to give it to my older brother you know I'm gonna- <laughs> no my older brother and i have actually agreed that my little brother is insanely attractive he is. Wow. He's, he's yeah. a he's a beautiful looking guy. He's the best looking out of all three of us. And I'll give him I'll give him that fact. He's got that curly blonde hair. He's a stud. He's got that ASU sun on him all day. He's golden. Yeah. He's, he's
0: tan. Old. Yeah, he's yeah. a good looking yeah. kid. There you go, Dylan. This is yeah. uh, this is the ego boost you needed. And yeah,
1: you know, he will We will be looking for this. So yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> he's fast forwarding until he sees us laughing that hard, and he'll yep. know. That's the yeah. question. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Bretta, this has been a blast, man. Really appreciate it. Um, good luck with everything. Uh, we'll see you in Sarasota. I'm stoked to to watch you guys race and uh, hope the rest of the season goes great.
1: Yeah. Thank you guys so much for having me and letting me rant on and on about swimming. I can, you know, I can talk in circles all day. So just a pleasure being with the two of you. You guys are both studs. So thank you so much for having me. Breno, appreciate
2: it. We're cheering for you.
1: Yep. Thank you guys. Thank you. Thanks
0: again to Brennan Gravely. Basil, that was awesome. That's a uh, a really awesome representative of your gator clan down there.
2: Oh my gosh. What, what what a cool guy. Like so multifaceted. Like I really am looking forward to the mixtape because I do think that we kind of planted a seed in his mind and he's like, maybe I will take that microphone out of the closet. <laughs> but then also so well-spoken, funny, like such a balance of everything Um, and it went, but that was one of the fastest ones for me. I mean, it went by so fast. Um, yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I really hope that, uh, he's able to work in, uh, some of these questions, like how to be as cool as him or how, what it's like to have the most wonderful brother in the world into the next mixtape. I think that'll be good content for him and Dylan, um, so you've done some open water swimming. Do you kind of does what he was talking about like resonate with you at all post-retirement? Or are you kind of just like, is it different because you're not really racing?
2: No, it's I mean, it's definitely different because I'm not really racing, but I was super curious about feeds and almost like how important they actually are during a race, which of course they are, but I mean, he was saying, he's like, Yeah, sometimes I just don't even take a feed. Um, so then I'm like, oh wait, are you eating like a big dinner the night before, or, like a breakfast that morning? So yeah. there's just so much more that goes into open water than I think a lot of people know. And so it was cool for us to have an opportunity to shine a light on that. And, and Barbini, like you work with open water so much, like why is it one of your favorite things to go to as, you know, somebody that works within the swimming world?
0: Yeah. I, I I've said this before and I, I, I it's probably not right to say that like you have a favorite thing. Cause like, yeah. obviously there's, there's things about all aspects of swimming, like training camps and pool meets and everything. But the thing that gets me the most charged up is the, the like hour before an open water race. It's just so different than anything else that we do, because there's a strategy element, there's a reaction and then a reaction to the reaction element. Like there's components of it. The race plays out over two hours, you know, and it's a totally different, um, experience watching it than it is watching even a 1500, which is, you know, still a pretty straight line anaerobic race where you just go as fast as you can straight up and down the pool. Like there, the, the, the movement within the pack, the way that athletes approach things completely differently from, um, the beginning of the race to the end, or, you know, a one athlete, um, works with their teammate to try to boost them both. And there's just so many more components to it that kind of give it more variables that I think it's just the really, really exciting and really fun to watch. Uh, one of the events that I think is, is the most fun is watching the, uh, the four by 1500, uh, or whatever distance they do relay at world championships. Um, the distance changes kind of depending on the course a little bit. Um, that event is amazing because it is all the, uh, strategy of an open water race with the excitement of a relay Tapped on top of it, it's it's awesome. So I I really
2: dude, I love it.
0: I know it really, it just combines all the things. It really I, I can just I, tell like how passionate I you are. Love open water, man. I just I just can't get enough of it. I uh, I've traveled with these guys a lot. Um, I was with Breno on his first trip back in 2017 and he did really well there. I mean, it was a big international field in Hong Kong, and he's 16 or 17 years old, and it's uh that's tough to race those guys, like you said. Um but he also touched on something that we talk about a lot in at USS swimming is just, there's so much opportunity in open water. Um, it is, the fields are smaller, the, the, uh, and the avenues to be able to go on an international trip, qualify for the junior team are there. So, I mean, anybody that can kind of go 800 and up, it's, it's really not this completely different beast. We talk about it as a different event on the program. It's not a different sport. It's just another event in swimming. Um, so I would encourage anybody that, that is even remotely interested to give it a shot because you probably hear from my little rant for the last two minutes, how much I, I just love open water. I think it's the most fun.
2: No, I'm within the same vein as well. Like for me, I was only ever a pool swimmer, like never did a proper open water race, but now having retired pool swimming, like open water swimming is my way of staying in the sport. Like I don't have a pool available to me where I live. And so like, if you're somebody, it doesn't matter what level you are, and you've retired from pool swimming, go swim open water. It's amazing. There's no pace clock, there's no expectation. Like, it's just such a different feel and vibe. And kind of what Brenna was saying like, I mean, everybody within the swimming world is incredible. We're humble, we're the best people in the world. But open water, I think, particularly. It's just like a different energy and vibe. And it's just, it's so cool to be around in Barbini. like to hear you so passionately talk about it. Like guys, it is for a reason. Open water is amazing. Like yeah. do what Bruno said, just try it. And if yeah. you hate it, you hate it, but at least, you know, give it a go.
0: And between now and then, if you if you don't have an opportunity to try it, Definitely tune in to check out Open Water Nationals, um, which they're April 21 to 23 in Sarasota. If you live in the area, come down and check it out. It is actually a pretty spectator friendly venue. Um, And sometimes Open Water can be like out in the ocean and not super easy to watch. This is not one of those. You can actually see some of the race. Um, and obviously, we'll have coverage of it all over our website. Um, it's a, such a huge event, um, especially in the pre Olympic year. Um, so this will be really fun. I'm going to be there for the 10K on Friday. Uh, I'm super stoked. Um, And, uh, so yeah, any more details that you're looking for, um, you can find on usaswimming.org slash events. Um, and Basil, with that, maybe we'll let you get back out into the open water on a surfboard.
2: I know. See, that's like another thing. It's like, well, I love the open water, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm like stoked. I'm going to be there in spirit in Sarasota cheering for everybody. Barbini have the best time there. I'm, I'm jealous that I'm not there.
0: And we are all jealous that we're not where you are yeah, in the sure, DR sure. right now. So <laughs> have fun surfing and uh, we will talk to you next month. Thanks everybody for listening.
2: Thanks, Marvini. Thank you for listening to KickSet with USA Swimming. Head to usaswimming.org for more episodes and make sure you subscribe to KickSet wherever you get your podcasts.